This episode of post Ash Draft is brought to you by Sandhills Development. No matter what you're working on with your WordPress website, Sandhills probably has a tool that can help you. Whether it's uh, selling digital products with WordPress, you can use easy digital downloads. If it's a full-featured affiliate marketing solution that you're seeking, they have Affiliate WP. If you need a powerful membership plugin for WordPress, Restrict Content Pro. WordPress Event Management? Well, they've got Sugar Calendar, and it makes it super simple. And if you want just a lightweight Stripe Payments plugin, they have WP Simple Pay. Sandhills Development is a longtime partner of PostStatus, a great company, and they make excellent products. Go to poststatus.com slash sandhills to check it out. And thanks to Sandhills for being a PostStatus partner. Hey, Corey Miller has an excellent interview for you today. You can go to mastermindjam.com to check out Ken Wallace's website, and they're going to talk all about masterminds. Whether you want to start one or just know what they're all about, this conversation is for you. Hope you enjoy it. Now, here's Corey and Ken. Okay, well, I've got Ken Wallace here of Mastermind Jam. And uh, I really wanted to talk to Ken for a long, Ken for a long time because um, of what you've done at Mastermind Jam and your heart and your spirit about helping entrepreneurs get in small groups of peer uh, peer-to-peer type groups called masterminds. Um, you've built this amazing platform at Mastermind Jam. So thanks, Ken, for uh, taking some time out of your busy day to answer some questions, give some tips about masterminds. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for uh, inviting me. You bet. Okay, so let's dive right in. So Ken, what is a mastermind to you? A mastermind group is a small curated group of people that help each other accomplish their goals. It's that simple. That is the succinct, perfect way to to do that. And accomplishing goals. I know the word mastermind goes back to, I think like Napoleon Hill, um, uh, his book way, way back, that's still a perennial bestseller. Um, But I love the fact that what you just kind of stated is is like-minded people getting together to accomplish goals. The one word I think about when I think about masterminds, and I got to be honest, I have not been in a classic, what I think of as a classic mastermind. I've been in forms of it, um, but I think about the words that come to mind when I think about mastermind are accountability. And that, that seems to be a piece I see in a lot of, when a lot of people talk about accountability. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Um, mastermind, unfortunately, um, carries a lot of connotations in the world. Um, a lot of people use it in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, the dictionary says a mastermind is somebody who coordinates an activity or an event, somebody who is the, um, person who, um, coerces others to take an action. Um, Napoleon Hill came along in in their twenties and he came up with the phrase, the master of mind. Um, and that's, and it's really just a meeting of the minds. Anytime you get in a group of people, um, something amazing happens where the, the sum is greater than the parts and um, all of your shared experiences and um, your points of view combined in a much richer way to help you solve problems. So yeah, um, nowadays, a lot of people um, label things as masterminds. So, you know, a lot of people will create a Facebook group and call it their mastermind. Um, come join my mastermind. Um, and at Mastermind Jam, we try to, to narrow the definition greatly. There's nothing wrong with all the other things. Um, um, but we just try to keep it a narrow definition. Um, and, and really, um, it, it, it depends on what you're looking 
for. If you're looking for um, a, a group of peers that can help you out and um, give you candid feedback um, and hold you accountable to your goals, then a peer-based mastermind group um, that's well curated um, is the way to go. Yeah. So going back to a second, Napoleon Hill, we talked about, I think it even predates him as I kind of just thought about this. I've, as I've dug in, because I believe so much life change and life improvement can happen in small groups. Um, going back to Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure I pronounced the name right, but Juntos is a Spanish or Portuguese word for yeah. together. Yeah. And, you know, Benjamin Franklin bringing together a diverse set of individuals in, in kind of a room. Um, to really that meeting of the minds thing. And I, yeah. I, I love that concept of, um, again, I've been in groups similar to what a classical mastermind, but better suited to your definition. Um, for about 10 years now, I've helped lead them. Um, I've helped start them. And my life change has been incredible. I couldn't have gone through business up and downs. Um, I couldn't have sold my company and yeah. come out the other end uh, with some sense of sanity, but Ken, from your vantage point, why did you kind of help lead the effort by producing this amazing community and software platform to do masterminds? Um, I came at this kind of um, backwards. So I was working on a personal finance app for a lot of years. And um, I also have a day job still to this day, I have a day job. And uh, the, this, just the dynamics of trying to build a business on the side, um, while you have a day job, while you're trying to grow a family. Um, it's hard, especially if you don't live in one of these magic areas of the world where it's just a tech hub. If you're not sitting in a co-working space where you can pivot your chair and, and, and bounce some ideas off of another entrepreneur, it can be very isolating feeling. And so I started listening to podcasts, but as we know, you can't really have a conversation with a podcast. And by the time you reach out and, and share an anecdote or comment or ask a question to the podcast host about the, the episode you listen to, they might be six, eight weeks removed from that train of thought, right? So it's never a real-time conversation. Um, from there, I uh, decided to start going to entrepreneur conferences for, for people that were building businesses on the side and doing what I was trying to do. And um, that was magic. Uh, you know, Not even so much the speakers, but the hallway, the lunch conversation, the evening conversation, um, the networking that you could do, but just everyone's energy and everyone's ideas, the candid feedback. Um, and then if you go to the same conference a, a few years in a row, you start seeing each other. You start holding each other accountable. Um, did you get that thing accomplished that we talked about last year? And I started thinking about why can't I have this feeling, you know, more often? I can't, I can't go to a conference every month. I can't go to a conference even, you know, maybe two or three times a year. It's tough for, for me and a lot of people. Um, so we started, um, putting together um, mastermind groups, just using some Google spreadsheets at, at this one conference I was going to, MicroCon, uh, run by Rob Walling and Mike Tabor. And um, <clears throat> it was always really difficult. Um, and somebody else seemed to always be in charge of putting together the mastermind group. And it was, you know, hey, fill out this form with your email address. And there would be a big text box of, um, Tell us when you're available, what you're looking to accomplish, and just like freeform text. And then some person would have to go and read all these responses and match people up into what they felt was a good mastermind group. And it never quite worked out. 
even like at networking events and at the that conference, we tried exchanging business cards. Like, hey, we're we're all standing around here talking about our business. Maybe let's do a mastermind group. And then you get home and you realize, well, that guy's in Australia. That guy's in South Africa. I'm here in, in Indiana. This person's in Toronto. It's a little tough. Plus, we're at such a diverse range of business experience, such a diverse range of revenue ranges. Um, it never quite worked out. Um, and I, I, I'm a developer, and and a lot of the people at this conference were, were developers. And I, I just thought to myself, okay, I'm getting ready to go to this conference for now a third year, and why isn't this a solved problem? Like, I, I can I know how to make this better. I'm just going to put together a simple matching form where I can um, introduce people. So I wasn't going to create groups at the time when I first created Mastermind Jam. I just wanted to help people who are going to the conference talk to the right people. So if you were going to go meet people, exchange business cards, propose a mastermind group anyway, start with these 10 people first. You know, there's 400 people in the room. Start with these 10. And of course, have all the other conversations too. But if you're looking for a mastermind group, start with these 10. And they're they're more likely to be a good fit. And so so that went great. And um, after the conference was over, I went back to my um, personal finance app that I was working on. I, I shut the form down and I just stopped thinking about it. And um, I had people email me, hey, Ken, the, the form is off. How can I sign up to be you know, introduced to other entrepreneurs? And I said, well, you know, the conference is kind of over. And you know, if, you, if you'd like me to do that, sure, I'll open the form back up and uh, we'll see how many people we'll get. And if I can introduce you, I will. Um, what I didn't do was just introduce people to be introducing them. I always like, if there was nobody that was a good fit for you, you just didn't get a, you didn't get an introduction. You didn't get a match. Um, I made sure it was always quality. And so after a, a time of doing that, when I was still introducing people, I had people, um, I had people email me saying, Hey, Ken, I've, um, I'm going to fill out this form, but I realized there's no fee. Like just anybody off the internet can fill this out. Um, so I'm not going to sign up because you're not charging anything. And that was absolutely nuts to me. Right. Um, so what would, what would you do? What I did was I called him a liar and, uh, <laughs> and I just, uh, like ca- I called his bluff and I said, okay, fine. Uh, I just put a button on the form and, uh, the fee is $49. And, uh, and if you pay the fee, you can fill out the form. And from now on, there will be a fee. And he's like, cool. Filled up the form, paid the fee. And <laughs> it, was, it was quite a moment here in the house. Um, so, um, again, I put this up and I, um, the, the matches I would do on Mondays, and I just had like a script on my laptop that it, it would just run and email people. And then I went back to working on my personal finance app. Um, a few months later, I got um, a couple more emails from entrepreneurs saying, hey, Ken, I'm going to fill out this form, but my business makes six figures a month. And um, you're only charging 49 bucks to be matched to other people making six figures a month. That doesn't, like, that doesn't seem right. Am I in the right place? Um, and if not, can you recommend another service like this? And so I started thinking about that. Um, so I put up pricing tiers because, again, in, in the back of my head, I'm like, no, you know, they don't really mean it. You know, in my in my mind, I'm calling them a liar. And so, so call the bluff, put up the, put up the, uh, revised pricing page. So instead of one button to pay, there was four buttons, there's four tiers based on your revenue. 
you got the same product, unlike every other SaaS app in the world, where the pricing tiers differ based on the features you get. Um, these were simply based on your revenue. And within um, four weeks, I had somebody sign up in every single pricing range. Um, again, that was absolutely nuts to me. That's the point where I stopped working on my personal finance app on the side and then started thinking more about this as a business. Yeah. And digging into how I could actually match these people in the groups and really service them through not just introducing them, but helping them accomplish what they join the group for, accomplish their goals through the whole journey. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot here and I want to come back to something. So thank you for sharing all that because uh, it shows a need that we entrepreneurs have. Um, two things that stuck out was isolation. The fact is as entrepreneurs, um, you know, it's, it's tough, particularly in tech. So my parents don't really understand what I exactly do. And my mom worked with me for about six years. Right. And so that's my little joke. But, uh, and then everybody else just thinks I'm in IT. Um, but then there's the other side, which is most people in our lives statistically are not entrepreneurs. They go into a place of business and, and work and get a paycheck and all that. And entrepreneurs have this crazy, you know, other side of life. And so it's hard for me when I started my business, I themes uh, in 2008 quickly realized like, I don't have a lot of people that understand what it is like to be an entrepreneur. And that's when I had a small group come into my life um, in the form of a EO entrepreneurs organization forum. And so isolation is huge. The other side is the feedback uh, that you noted, which is, you know, so often I think we get in our heads and um, we don't have someone to just bounce things off of. Yeah. And I love that from a pure, you know, mastermind side, particularly for a lot of solo entrepreneurs that might not have a team is it, you know, you really are in this vacuum and feel like you are all alone in it. And I think that's incredible benefits for mastermind groups, for small groups of like-minded entrepreneurs to walk together, whatever the term is we call them. Yeah. Um, so I, that, that, that's huge for me thinking back about my own experience, but one of the huge benefits of being in a mastermind group, even if you have a team, by the way, so I had a team, but I still have been in my same group for 10 years. Yeah. And it's, so I, it's go ahead. really important for entrepreneurs, especially if you have employees, because you can't go to them with all the problems that you're facing and all the feelings that you're feeling, you know, the roller coaster would be alarming to a lot of employees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, why are you worrying about payroll? Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. why'd you wake up at 2 a.m.? But if you're talking to a fellow business owner, it's like, okay, we, we get it. We've all been there. Um, if we're being honest and lowering our shields, taking off our mask, you know, okay, we're just going to be one-to-one real uh, here. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's that. I mean, so many benefits and accountability is a part of that. As I started out last year, left the team that I'd helped found, founded uh, and went on back on my own as a solopreneur, um, man, I, that feedback loop. There's another piece that we've kind of talked about, which is the accountability. And I can see that when we talk about masterminds and my perception of what I've seen a lot of masterminds do is that accountability piece when you don't have someone, either a partner or a team or whatever, to kind of keep you on track for your goals. Right. And you've and, used that specifically, I know. Yeah. The, um, and the goals that for your business might be different than your day-to-day task sheet, right? Like the things I need to get done by one o'clock today are different than the goals I'll talk about and be held accountable to in my mastermind group. Um, we've talked about two of the, the four things that I 
I kind of beat the drum on a lot in Mastermind Jam. I, I talk about there's four pillars of a great mastermind group. The first one is curation. Um, it's absolutely crucial to, to getting what you need from the group. Um, one of the other pillars is accountability, and we've hit that hard. Um, and there, the other two pillars, trust and candor, are so important to making accountability work. So if your group is well curated and you can trust that you can confide in these people, like you can let down those walls. And when you're talking to other entrepreneurs, so, so, so often when we're at a networking event or when we're speaking from stage or something or on a podcast like this, so often entrepreneurs will give you the press release and they yep. give you the glossy version. Of, Everything's great and we're growing and you know the future is bright. You know, the things yeah. you're going to talk to a prospective employee are different than the things that you might say in a mastermind group. So that's trust. You have to trust that um, you're in a safe place that you can let the guard down and just be and just talk about the stuff, you know, the good stuff, too. But there's also we all know there are hurdles that you face. And then the, 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 the other one is um, candor. Um, you have to know that in your mastermind group, it's safe to give candid feedback. Now you should you obviously you should have tact, right? But you have to have um, a place where you can get candid feedback. A mastermind group isn't a place necessarily to get advice. You're not going to get a blueprint. You're not going to get the, the secret to success. You're not going to get somebody that tells you what to do. What they're going to do is give you candid feedback for how they went about addressing that problem, or how they grew past that plateau, or you know how they dealt with the payroll issue. Um, and and they can give you candid feedback when you're facing a choice, when you're at a fork in the road, when you have a decision that you're facing that you're just unsure of your own judgment on. Um, just having that sound sound sounding board that um, that you know they're gonna they're gonna be candid with you. So those four things are just uh, amazingly important. Um, but in my mind's eye, if you've got the curate, you've got the curated group, um, the trust and the candor, the accountability has to be there. Mm-hmm. And so many times I, I, I hear people, because I talk to, to mastermind groups inside of Mastermind Jam, and I say, you know, these things have a life cycle. And yeah. 18 months from now, this group might not meet your needs anymore. And here's yeah. how we've planned for that inside Mastermind Jam. Um, and we can, we can touch on that later. But what, and the reason I tell them this is so they can watch for the warning signs. Yeah. And it starts getting comfortable. And, and you should get comfortable, right? You're, you're, it very well may happen. You, you know the names of the spouses of the people in your group. You might know their kids' names, you know, um, because you're, you're being so open and honest that just things come up, right? But at the point when you stop holding each other accountable, it's probably the, the warning sign when you need to start thinking about a new mastermind group. Um, and mastermind groups that um, last longer than 18 months or so, um, they, they, it's really easy to slide in this just, just weekly check-in or monthly check-in where mm-hmm. nobody holds anybody accountable. And it's like, yeah, um, I'm just working on solving world hunger over here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> and nobody says, wait a minute, stop. You know, is that an you know, achievable goal? Is that something that you can actually accomplish? Um, so accountability is, is a huge part of it. And, and once you see that leave, you know, there's things you can try to bring it back in, right? But if everybody's resistant to being held accountable, you can still check in with these people. You can still contact these people and stay in touch on Slack and email and still have meetings. Um, but you should probably look for a mastermind group that's actually serving your needs. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. Ton of stuff there too. Let's walk through some of those curation. And when you brought up fee and revenue, like a revenue level, Mm -hmm. um, curation to me is I want to be on the same or similar path as other people that get me. I'm glad so, you said it like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The same value. Yeah. The same values, but also have, having experiencing similar momentum. Yeah. Right. So th- there's not a right path and a wrong path to growing a business. Right. You know, right. some people seem to shoot off like a rocket and other people's it's like a, it's a 10 year, you know, overnight success. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, that's just the way of things. Right. So if you're talking to two Y Combinator, um, alums and they're you know ramen profitable and they're they're living in san francisco and they're just you know quote unquote crushing it as they hustle for their their startup they're going to have a very different kind of momentum than somebody like me who's middle of indiana i look out the window here and i see corn right and Mm -hmm. and i've got a a kid's soccer game to think about and like not that one is right or wrong but we're making similar progress on a business similar similar momentum um so that that's a hugely important that's a tough piece too. So, you know, EO entrepreneurs organization, there's a million dollars sales revenue, uh, bar. Right. And, uh, at first I, I was like, um, this is, this is BS. Like what, you know, but then I get it. It, for that particular group, it's a metric to make sure to ensure someone has gotten past certain seasons of life in the life of a business too. And so that curation model is really important. And then there's an age component a little bit too. Um, It's a top end age, but you know, I I've come to embrace it because I understand to get people in a similar, there's some of these curating is probably a better word than um, kind of the velvet rope or, you know, some kind of limiting factor to get in there to, in order to get those kind of experiences so yeah. I love the curation. And I would pause it uh, for forming groups. This is the toughest piece for just correct. forming a group. Absolutely. Which you found. <laughs> yeah. So the, hurt, the hurdles here, people, what people often do, they'll hear on a podcast, oh, you should try to mastermind group. That might help you. Or they'll read it in a blog post or see it in a forum or something. And, they'll, and so they'll go on Facebook in their, in their favorite business Facebook group or on a forum or on Twitter and say, hey, who wants to be in a mastermind with me? You know, anybody else want to be in a mastermind? And they just like accept whoever responds, right? That's a yeah. formula for disaster, for disaster and a complete waste of everybody's times. That doesn't work out. In fact, the social networks and the social algorithms are working against you. You know, your post of, hey, who wants to be in a mastermind group may not see the right person who needs to be in a group with you, who you can benefit from and they can benefit from you. That post is getting shoved down by cat gifts and, you know, <laughs> all the other <laughs> stuff that we deal with on social networks. Um, moreover, there's this weird phenomenon that happens. The first couple people that reply set the tenor of all the replies you're going to get. So if the first response is from the guy that, you know, in that forum who has been, you know, a entrepreneur for, you know, years, years and years and years, and hasn't taken any steps, hasn't, you know, set up any kind of experiment or hasn't tried anything. If he's the first person that responds and you enthusiastically say, yes, you know, that the seasoned entrepreneur that maybe should be in your group is going to read that and not even respond. They're going to, they're going to hold back. It's like, well, the group is filling up with a lot of beginners. I don't need to be a part of that. 
Which is why I love what you're doing at Mastermind Jam and supported you publicly and privately over the years because I love the work you're doing. Yeah. This curation thing or just getting the group started is is so tough because I've tried to do them myself within yeah. or like in, you know an EO organization, um, and it it is tough because you've got to find a funnel to, to in order to get the right people. And then you get myriad levels of variation. Like you said, revenue says is one team count, you know, those kind of things. But I'm curious, what is, what do you think the triggering event for an entrepreneur, let's say in particular to go, it's time to get into a mastermind, a forum, a small group. What do you, what are some of those that you see? And I I think about struggle and suffering because that's my own story. (laughs) Entrepreneurs find themselves looking for a group, not because they want accountability. Most people will tell you that they don't need it, right? Or don't want it, like in my case. Don't want it. Yeah, I don't want. But I know I need it. Over my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of people swear that they don't need extrinsic motivation in their lives, and that's hold another topic, I guess. But so that's not usually the trigger. What's the trigger is when somebody realizes they have no one to bounce an idea off of, like. Me, I'm married. If I if I try to bounce out a business idea off my wife, I'm going to get a blank stare, and she's going to go back to helping my my son with his homework, right? Yeah. And then, um, or obviously, you know, if you're working on a business on the side, you can't talk to anybody at your day job about it, right? You know, usually, unless it's some magic situation. Um, usually, the friends that you grew up with, or you know, your college buddies, or um, even the people. Um, around you in your social life, people in your church or in your community aren't usually going to understand what it is that you're going, going through. Um, and then there's, there's something different, even uh, further about online businesses, as opposed to just real work. Like if you're going to, to school to become a real estate agent or you're opening a local bakery or something like that, there's often a local community of other local business owners that you can get in touch with to discuss things. But once you walk into those meetings as an online entrepreneur, they look at you like you have a horn growing out of your head. Right. Right. <laughs> we like, are weirdos. We yeah. work from our homes mostly. Right. We do this. We do internet stuff. Yeah. And they, and they, they, they're, they're wondering why you showed up to the chamber of commerce meeting. Cause you're, you're playing this all, you know, in easy mode because it's just online. You don't have rent. You don't have, um, you know, city water bills or anything like that. And, in reality, it's so much more isolating as an online yeah. entrepreneur. There's so Absolutely. many other things that we go through that other people don't have to think about. Um, as a Main Street business owner, you don't have to think about traffic as much. You know, you don't have to think about so many things that we go through. And and the fact of the matter is, because you can work on your business at 2 a.m. in your pajamas, makes it so much harder because you have no one to support you. It feels like, and in and the paradox there is you're an online entrepreneur. Um, in reality, you have everybody to lean on. And that also is isolating too, right? You know, some of the loneliest people in the world are the people riding a packed subway car, right? So here we are, we're in the internet, just teeming with millions of people willing to give us their advice. So it's as good as no advice, because there's just so much of it. You have to curate the people that you interact with in order to be able to trust them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, that's how we start down the path It is just that isolation, that loneliness, that realization that, um, wow, I like, I got this idea. I don't know who to bounce it off of, or I can choose this or this. 
And I don't know who, I don't know which to choose. Who do I ask about this and get a trustworthy opinion? I can yeah, ask the yeah. people on their Reddit slash entrepreneur. I'm going to get a hundred thousand opinions and I don't even know who these people are. You know, they have bogus uh, avatars and handles and I can't, how do I trust the feedback I'm getting online? Simplicity doesn't normally come to mind when you think about events calendars and WordPress in particular, but Sugar Calendar makes that the primary goal uh, when putting together the feature set for what they want to accomplish. You know, Sugar Calendar does have power in terms of recurring events, uh, being able to do single or multi-day events. You can embed forms with their free extensions in your events. Uh, you can even have Google listings. However, they work really hard to make Sugar Calendar really feel and look like WordPress itself and keep it to the essentials. And that can be tough to do in a plugin where people are constantly asking for more and more features. Go to postass.com slash sugar to check out Sugar Calendar specifically or postass.com slash Sandhills to check out Sandhills Development who makes Sugar Calendar a sweet and simple, effective plugin for event management and a bunch of other really cool tools. Thanks so much to Sandhills for being a PostAS partner. And let's get back to the show. So this is one of the, you know, this whole conversation is around um, with our membership, our community at PostAS. And we have a very active Slack. We have a great weekly newsletter, but newsletter, but there's something in between that where Slack is cool. Yeah. We, yeah. we need Slack. When you need some quick advice, you can tweet it or you can put it on Slack. Um, but there's something in between, which is camaraderie, um, that social interaction that you also get as I think is a, for me, it's a main benefit, the social interaction, people that get me get what I'm doing and I get them too. And I'm a part of something. Um, but there's something there to post at us. And that's why this conversation is so compelling that uh, Brian and I have talked and we want to figure this component out. Um, okay. So, just tagging on to the why, what's the triggering event? What do you think stops entrepreneurs from getting in groups like this? There's a few misconceptions that stops entrepreneurs from even joining. The first one is, um, I see this a lot where, where people say, I, I only take advice from people who are where I, I want to go. Yeah. Right. Um, which can be a, a really misleading conceit to hold. Um, because why would, let's say, you know, if, if let's say Mark Cuban on Shark Tank is, is the pinnacle of the, the kind of business I want to build, why would he be in a mastermind group with me, right? So if I'm just holding out until that mastermind group opportunity shows, shows up where I can be in a group with somebody of the caliber of Mark Cuban or, or, you know, Elon Musk or somebody, you know, the people that you read about in these TechCrunch stories and in these entrepreneur um, success stories. Um, don't remember what it was like to do what you're doing. And for a fact, your, your journey is going to be a lot different than theirs was. Um, so people discount the value of peers and people in similar situations having a similar momentum. So that's one thing. People discounting the value. Of their I want to tee off on all these two, Ken, because yeah. <laughs> they're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm trying not to go off on tangents because um, no, no. I'm, I'm prone to do it. Um, and, and another thing I see is um, this idea that it's not going to be worth it when I arrive there unless I've, um, by myself, 
um, done the hustle and put my nose to the grindstone. Mm. So by asking for advice or feedback or help, somehow that diminishes um, the destination. And I, I see this a bunch too. Do you, do you see it particularly in, in the Western Hemisphere, United States type culture? Yeah. 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 You're shaking your head because we have this, uh, I've, I've heard it said, you know, from Dan Sullivan and others, rugged individualist. And it's like, yeah. that's totally messed up, man. When we, that's, our, that's part of our isolation, particularly as men, particularly as entrepreneurs, um, that we just, hey, we're going to do this all by ourselves. And I, so I wanted to tee off before I let you keep going because I think that's such crap. Because I have personally benefited when you, and part of that I think is ego, you know, pride. And you're like, man, but you know, that classic inc.com psychological, the article, the psychological price of entrepreneurship is so true. So yeah, go do it by yourself, all by yourself. And you're going to, your health is going to significantly deteriorate. You might hit your, you know, goals that you're thinking at some point, but man, you're going to be worse off for doing it when you and I have walked with groups of people, men and women that get us and we can celebrate together and we're better off because they're not going to take credit for that. My friends in my groups don't take credit for my success. I thank them hugely for helping me. Um, but, but I want to go back to one before I let you go on to the others, because this whole, I think you put up the, the, the example, let's say Mark Cuban or somebody that's arrived and already been there. Okay. So my response would be go try to hire that person right. as an advisor they probably are unhirable that like if they were to give you a, uh, a fee, it'd be so high because we're all in our thing, but there's this other thing that if you can walk with peers, celebrate together and, and, uh, and that's such an, when you arrive, y'all get to high five together. Whereas the Mark Cubans or whoever else we might put up in this thing, man, first of all, they're not doing personal consulting or coaching. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Sorry. I stopped you, Ken. Keep going. Well, I'm uh, in the first years of Mastermind Jam, it was very much email-based. And so the algorithm would would match people into groups and then introduce them via email. So imagine the most awkward of, of blind data introductions to the fourth power, right? So you get this email and um, responses to that email um, really revealed a lot about what people's fears were about getting into a Mastermind group. And so a lot of it was that first one of like, wait a minute, why would I be in this group? Um, they're all just like me. So that was one misconception that I had to really work hard to help people dispel. And Mm -hmm. people still disagree with me on this, right? Um, And they would get that email and just refuse to respond to those people, right? So I would have one problem where now I've got four people who I've introduced and only three people responded. So that means for three people, the product is diminished. Right. So, hey, Ken, um, we're getting ready to have a first meeting. Still haven't heard from this fourth guy. Um, can you find us somebody to, to fill his spot? Because it looks like he was a no show. So so I would have those people. And, I, and so I would reach out and say, hey, um, why didn't you respond? And you, the responses you you'd get were, well, they're all just like me. And I don't want to be in a group like that. And what people aren't thinking of is like, great. So if I match into a group with three Mark Cubans and you, what's in it for them? Exactly especially in, in America right now, there's people have gotten away from the idea of, of that thought of what's in it for the other guy. You know, how mm-hmm. can we make this a shared experience where we all benefit? Um, all, all, all ships in the harbor rise at high tide. Right. Um, so 
if you, if you think about what's in it for them, what can I possibly offer Mark Cuban in a, in a setting like this? Then you have to realize, okay, maybe a mastermind group is not a good setting. Maybe that person that I, I, I might I, idealizing in my brain as being perfect for a group for me, maybe I can go hire them as a mentor or a coach, you know, go over to clarity.fm or, or something like that and hire them as a coach, but certainly not a mastermind group. Um, and then, so people would, um, respond to these messages with a lot of other, um, replies like, well, you, you know, you, you match me into a group full of people that were also making 10 K a month. Um, but I filled out the application form, um, talking about the, the next product I'm going to launch and it's only making 10 K a month, but in my real business, I'm making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month. So I don't want to be in a group with people just making $10,000 a month. And so I would get into the weeds of like, well, wait a minute. How do you know that everyone else didn't do the same thing? How do you know I didn't match you with people that were also working on their second product that it's only making that? Um, so we get all kinds of confusion around that. But there are a lot of people that won't even go as far as a filling out a form or asking to be in a mastermind group. And and, and I think we we touched on the, the, the two biggest ones. It's just hubris and ego prevents mm -hmm. people from just taking that step. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, the other side of this is rules and boundaries, you know, within a group. And if you set those um, up properly, like one of your pillars is trust and candor, um, you know, to be able to lower the shields, take the mask off and just talk freely and openly. I found in the groups I've been a part of that my part of my Annie to be in the group is to lower shields and come with the, the big struggles. Like, why would I spend time? in a group that's there to help me grow my business, myself, if I'm not being candid, which is what you put here, which I love, yeah. trust and candor. They kind of go side by side. But you yeah. got to have trust, and that's absolutely vital a part of these groups. Trust and respect is how we say it, yeah. which is like, hey, man, we're peers. Your company might be doing 10x of mine, but we're still peers in this group. Like when we walk in here, we're friends. We're here for each other. Yeah. Uh, there's none of that hubris stuff going on. Uh, yeah. we, no one needs to be the, their chest in here. Yeah. Um, it's how do we help each other move, move forward? Right. Uh, I know some um, other um, organizations that match entrepreneurs together and they'll have uh, entrepreneurs sign um, contracts and like these six page documents of non-disclosure and trust and, you know, um, rules of conduct. And while a community code of conduct is necessary and important these days, um, especially when you're dealing with internet communities, um, when you get down to the fact of non-disclosure agreements and, 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 you know, if you miss two meetings, you're out of a group and, you know, attendance reports and, and all this stuff, it's like, if you ever have to enforce all these documents, you, you've lost, you've lost your way. Like had, if you've thought through to the, to the point where somebody actually violated one of these group policies and, you had to enforce it, it would, it would absolutely torpedo the group because mm -hmm. trust would be lost. Suddenly it's, it's a contractual obligation. It's no longer this voluntary sharing and meaning of the minds. Um, so in our groups, um, yeah, we, we, we beat the drum really heavily on, um, you gotta be able to trust. You've got to be able to tear down those walls. Um, the group has to have structure, you know, things said in the group don't leave the group. Oh yeah. But Vegas rules, baby. Vegas rules. Yeah. But it's, um, it's the honor system, right? Cause 
I can't police what you say to your wife after the, the meeting ends. And yeah. I wouldn't want to. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to have to be that person. Um, That's a good point. So we just kind of have a flag system where, you know, you can raise an issue if you're having an issue with another member without all the, you know, onerous contracts. Okay. With our time left, I want to just talk about some tips. I, I know one of the hardest part of the groups for me has been, you got to have someone that wrangles logistics. I know Mastermind Jam, for instance, has helped. You built that platform where it, it takes a lot of that logistical admin stuff out of the equation. Yeah. But in my experience, there needs to be someone that it's not the leader. We call them a moderator. It's a facilitator, someone that Correct. just helps yeah. keep everything on, on schedule. But can, can you share some tips for how um, to, you know, navigate, lead, moderate, facilitate, however you want to say, or best practices around a small group mastermind type environment that you've seen? What are some of the keys? Well, the, 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 the first basic rule, whether you use mastermind jam or not, if you're holding people accountable, the agenda kind of takes care of itself. It kind of makes that easy for you. So if, if before the end of the meeting, um, everybody in the group has shared um, what they intend to you know, improve or accomplish by the next meeting. Well, guess what you're going to talk about at the opening of the next meeting. You know yep. what I mean? Um, you're going to go to each person and ask how that went, you know, um, and, and start with that, start with accountability and it'll lead you in the right direction as far as uh, meeting structure. Um, and then um, as far as um, the facility, facilitary person yes mastermind jam and um, there's a couple other platforms out there that do a good job of this mastermind jam is built to take you know 90 percent of that work off your hands um uh, the secretarial work i'll say but in meeting facilitation if you if you stick to accountability um and just just making sure that you have a good system where you can remember what somebody told you at the end of the previous meeting and bring it up at the start of this meeting um, that will do a bunch of that work for you. Um, and the rest, um, you kind of have to just kind of feel the mood of the room and um, help people get what they need as far as discussing um, hurdles that they faced or, or celebrating their wins. What, okay, so if we get down into the nuts and bolts, the details just a little bit, is number of people in a group, the duration of the meeting, and the frequency. Yeah, I found for, for peer groups, um, keep it less than six, uh, more than three. Um, for, for Mastermind Jam, our sweet spot has been four people. We've got groups that insist on only remaining at three people. Um, when you have two people in a group, it's kind of a different relationship. It really quickly turns into a mentee-mentor relationship. Mm. Um, and if you get over six people, it's really easy to become disaffected with the group and, 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 and distance yourself from the personal relationships that form. Or worse, um, clicks form within the group. So say you have a mastermind group um, full, with, with 20 people. Um, it's really easy to, to, to decide to skip that meeting because you can't remember a specific face in the crowd. It's like in college when you're a part of a, a huge lecture hall full of, full of students of 300 people on your Econ 101 course, for example. It's, it's, it's hard to, to feel part of the community. So we try to keep it for people when we're putting groups together, uh, when we're making group suggestions. But there's a lot of groups that find success with three people, um, four people, five people. Um, and that's, that's usually the sweet spot that we've seen. And, uh, the duration of duration of the meeting, the duration of the meeting depends largely on the, um, frequency of the meetings. 
you know, mm-hmm. how often you meet. Because if you meet weekly, your meeting directions might not need to be as long. Yeah. If you're only meeting every quarter or every month, um, your your meetings might go a little longer just so you can cover all the stuff that happened, right? Yeah. But it also depends on the stage of business the entrepreneur is at. Because if you're in a mature business that's making, you know, eight figures uh, a year, um, oddly enough, um, you don't need weekly meetings so much anymore. Because right. not so much changes radically week to week. That's usually for like absolute beginners, pre-revenue all the way up to 10 or 20K. They kind of benefit from um, a weekly meeting. Um, yeah. But after that, after you're in a more mature business with employees and, and headcount, um, you'll start to see that maybe biweekly, monthly, or even quarterly is more appropriate. So that greatly influences meeting length, um, just so you can cover all the stuff that came up. But also, um, meeting link is, length is a, is, a, is a function of what kind of meeting you're having. When you're first yeah. introduced That's the group, agenda. Yeah. When you're first introduced to a group, I, I tell people to do the roundtable format. And that's where everybody in the group has got the same amount of time. So let's say it's an hour meeting and there's four people. Everybody gets 15 minutes to share, right? Yep. Introduce themselves, share, talk about what they're going over. And not it's not a monologue for 15 minutes, but it's 15 minutes focused on your business where everybody's giving you feedback. Um, but if you are in a group of three and you need more time, you get more time um, um, just by the fact that you have one for your person, but you can also make the meeting go a little longer. Um, but as you get past the first, second, maybe even third meeting, I have groups switch to hot seat format and hot seat format just devotes more of the meeting time, usually about 75% of the meeting time to one entrepreneur. So however long your meeting is, if you've decided you want an hour meeting or two hour meeting, or 90 minute meeting, whatever, um, the hot seat format will devote 75% of the time to one entrepreneur. Everybody else still gets a chance to check in at the beginning, talk about how it went. Everybody else um, has a chance at the end to talk about their goal for the next meeting. So the agenda is complete for the next meeting, but you're really going deep on one topic for, for one member uh, for the bulk of each meeting. And then you rotate. Yeah. And then after you go through, let's say a cycle of those hot seats. So if there's four people in your group, you do four hot seats. You come back to the round table for a few times um, because hot seats can be a, a bit exhaustive sometimes, a, a little bit daunting. And um, after the hot seat, you need time to implement what you talked about. Yep. So it's really important just to have check-ins and just talk about progress where you're not going as deep because you're still working on the thing. You're, you're still digesting the information you got in your hot seat. Um, so groups will oscillate between those meeting styles. And there's a couple other meeting styles that we talk about that's kind of like the advanced level, but yeah, those, are the two, graduate. <laughs> those are the two basics um, that every group should master. Yeah. So um, going back to something you said kind of clicked for me finally, because I know a lot of, so the one I've been talking about that I've been in for 10 years um, meets monthly for three hours um, religiously on fourth Tuesday nice. in the afternoon. And this year we've changed. However, when you're talking about meeting frequency, I've learned, I've heard a lot of masterminds go weekly and I'm, I always kind of scratch my head and go, man, I don't know about like three hours once a month seems heavy for entrepreneurs that I've been around. It's a, it's a pill to swallow, but now I swallow it now very willingly because it's great focus time. I think you just cleared something up for me, which is maybe in the earlier stages, you need a different cadence and you know, it just, Ken, as you're talking, it just dawned on me. I've had a co- personal coach for a year and a half now. And at the start of the year, we started talking. She said, what, what do you need? And I go, you know what? I think I need a weekly cadence. Yes. And 
I'm telling you, I almost want to go out now. I want it biweekly because I am at the, that start, I'm starting again is what I say, not starting over. I'm starting again. Um, but I need that weekly cadence. So that just kind of clicked for me is why you would want to do weekly versus uh, monthly. It depends on stage and pace and something else. I just want to highlight. We're kind of running out of time, which is seasons and expiration dates for groups. They run their course. You know, it's a conversation I've been having in my head about what I'm with my group. I've been for 10 years. They're my dearest friends, some of my dearest friends in life. Right. Um, but now we kind of got to that. I've got to that level with, the group where I know all the stories, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly for the organization I'm a part of that season is kind of ending now for me. Right. And I think that's the same, you know, there, there's an expiration tag on some, on these groups where it's, you've kind of moved on. Maybe it's time to find another, but the friendships always stay that you build. Yeah. Do some end of life planning. I, I tell people, you know, it's a uh, uh, hospice for mastermind groups. You, you have to, realize that your season of life changes just ex- exactly as you put it, your momentum changes, your needs change. Everybody's business and their life is going to take off at different speeds and you've got to keep realigning yourself. It's, um, it would be dysfunction to think that you have to stay in this group forever. It's not. A yeah. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Because the friendships, again, they still stay like I, yeah. I my, one of my partners is came out of that group. He's left that group th- uh, two years ago. Still, he's a partner now of mine, but we're still friends. Um, so I think that's so good. Okay, so with just the last couple of minutes we have, Ken, can you tell us some exciting things that you're doing at Mastermind Jam? I know you're always tinkering. You've always got a roadmap. You've always got a dream ahead of what Mastermind Jam is to be. But what's some some things that got you excited or next steps that you're working on? Well, the 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 thing I'm excited about now, and we're starting Friday, um, is our next um, six-week Mastermind Sprint. Um, and just like we talked about, um, groups have a life cycle. You don't need to be in a group forever. That's, that's a hurdle for a lot of people. They feel like they don't want to join a mastermind group because they feel like, well, what if this group isn't perfect? Why don't I just hold off and wait till the perfect group comes along? They never want to commit. And so I want people to realize what it's like to be in a mastermind group. This is a great way to get their feet wet. It's only six, six meetings, six weeks. Um, because of the format, it's ideal for beginners and, and people below um, 20k of revenue, and um, it's designed as a way for people to understand how masterminds work, realize that um, they can accomplish a, a great amount in just six weeks of focused um, uh, attention in their business. Um, and so I have people come in and they pick out one goal, one metric to improve, or one decision to to arrive at, or something like that. And then we structured the six weeks uh, around that goal, and uh, we're we're getting one of those started um, right away. The nice thing about this is at the end of the six weeks, a lot of times the the cohort of people that were in that group, they just stay as a mastermind group. They keep meeting because yeah. they've grown to trust each other. They found but their also, tribe. Yeah, but it's also low commitment, right? If it didn't work out, you didn't like that group, you can just shuffle again and, and do another six-week sprint with a different group of people altogether. I dig that big, big time, uh, Ken, yeah. for sure. Um, Ken from mastermindjam.com, man, thanks so much. I could, I could geek out on this for the rest of the day, but I know you have things to do and I appreciate you sharing your experience and expertise with our crowd over at post status. Uh, where can people find you specifically? Uh, everybody finds me on Twitter. I hang out on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Bodicus. Uh, Mastermind Jam has its own handle at Mastermind Jam. I, I, I monitor both of those, obviously. You can email me at ken at mastermindjam.com and, and just check us out at mastermindjam.com um, and uh, get on the wait list to be notified when enrollment opens again. 
And you curate a newsletter. I'm not sure how frequent it is, but I, I'm on it. Where can they find that? Uh, it's um, it's called the Friday Dispatch. And if you go to FridayDispatch.com, you can sign up for that. And it's uh, a business newsletter that at the beginning, it was every single Friday. But uh, now it's uh, it's about two Fridays a month. So it's not going to inundate you with stuff. But it's, um, you know, seven or eight um, um, really helpful business links is what I try to send people. It's really good stuff. So you guys should go join that and check out Mastermind Jam. Hey, thanks, my friend, for coming on and sharing all of this. It's good stuff. And I hope people reach out to you. Thanks for having me.